with everything that's happening here. Team will get you locked into a team to be able to serve wherever you want to serve. Uh, pray if you have any prayer needs or maybe even some things, praise reports. We love to pray for those things as well. You can text pray to that or decisions. If you've come to a place, a point in your life where you have actively taken a step forward towards calling Jesus your king, we want to hear about that because we want to continue to pray alongside of you as you're taking these steps forward towards walking and taking one step closer to Jesus. Okay, so go ahead and, and, and take a, a look at that right there. Um, I want to talk about our swim party that we have for our students, which was awesome. We had our junior high kids, middle school and high school out there, and we had a diving contest, and I won. I'm telling you. I've got the mark on the bridge of my nose to prove it. Apparently, the pool is not as deep as I thought, and I sunk like, like 100 pounds, I guess, maybe 250 pounds, right? Anyway, thank you if you let your students come to hang out with us. I love what's happening here with our student ministries. Our middle school and our high school kids are coming to a place of friendship and relationship, and they're getting to know each other. Coming out of these last three years has been really weird, and a lot of us are like stuck. We've been stunted. But right now, we're creating opportunity for students to re-engage. So we've got things coming up next month. I think August 5th is our next activity. So P News, that's where we're going to have all this stuff going up there, okay, so to, to find out exactly what's happening with that, okay? So, hey, another thing, Pastor Jeremy. I cannot wait for Pastor Jeremy to come back. He is going to be back in two Sundays with us, and he is looking forward to it so much. I spoke with him on Friday, and he is like, dude, I cannot wait to be back. So let's be praying for him. Let's continue hoping that God continues to do the work in and through him and his family and his kids. I mean, he's had a point of reconnection all the way through, so I'm really excited to see what God has done for him so they can come back to our church and be recharged and going, okay? I think that's all I have for the announcements, pretty much, right? So, hey, I don't know if I said it, but my name is Tito. I'm the associate pastor here. I'm also a student director, and I do a bunch of other things. And I'm telling you, if I haven't had a conversation with you yet, I'm going to be looking for you. I'm going to ask for your phone number. We're going to have some coffee because I really want to make friends right now. I mean, because this is how it is. And we're totally available for you as well. If you have any questions about what's happening here at our church, Miss Anna's over there. She's our kids director. After service, she'd love to have a conversation with you at starting point. We have information over there. We have a cool cup to give you. Go over there and ask some questions, find out what's happening. If you want to talk with me, I'm available as well, okay? So, cool. Well, this morning, we're going to continue our, ser our series, Miracles. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to kind of get ready right now. We're going to be looking at Judges, okay? So it's the seventh book in the Old Testament, right between Joshua and Ruth. And we're going to be focusing on chapters 6 and 7. So if you have your Bibles or your iPad or whatever, go ahead and pull that up and just kind of keep it handy, okay? So this morning, we're going to continue our series, Miracles, and I've loved, loved, loved hearing about the things that God is doing in and through the people in the Bible. And see, we're digging into these miracles, not just in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament as well. And we're doing this not just to know them and to understand them, but to really, really experience them and to see how we can apply these miracles to us today. That's the whole point about why we're looking at these miracles. And this morning, we're going to take a look at this guy named Gideon, who went from this place of fear and insecurity to a place of knowing God's presence and purpose. Two big differences right there, but he found that. But let me just jump right in, okay? I want to tell you what the miracle is. So let me just jump to the end of the story, okay, to just give you the miracle so you know. See, God took Gideon and a small band of 300. It sounds like a movie, right? 
And he used them to defeat a vast army. And he did it in a way that left no doubt about God's strength and power. That's the miracle. But what's the story? Right? What is the miracle behind the miracle? And that's what we're going to dig into today a little bit, okay? So bow your heads with me. Lord Jesus, thank you for who you are, my King. Lord, I come before you right now, Lord, just humbly asking you to just speak through me, Lord, your words of encouragement today, God. Lord, I pray that these words land on someone's heart, Lord, and that you and the Holy Spirit do what only you can do to them, Lord. So be with us this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay. So we're going to be in the book of Judges this morning, and we're going to be looking at chapters 6 and 7. Now, I promise you, I am not going to read both those chapters. I'm not going to read them to you, okay? But I would really encourage you, if you have time later today, go ahead and read those chapters, 6 and 7. They're so rich. It's a really good story. And it, while the message is still fresh on your mind, you'll really be able to tie in some of these pieces. But I'll go ahead and tell you the story uh, anyway, okay? At this time of the biblical narrative, God's people, okay, the nation of Israel, they had walked so far from God already. So they were away from God, okay? And they actually began worshiping other idols. These are God's people that have walked so far from him. And as a result, they left God's kind and protective hand and ultimately made themselves vulnerable to the enemies all around them. See, you had the Midianites you had Amalekites, you had the mosquito bites, and a bunch of other ites. I'm telling you, they were all out there, and they were soon ready to attack them, to overrun them, and everybody was hiding for their lives. That's what was happening right now. The nation had dispersed, and everybody's hiding. And Gideon was one of those guys hiding. In fact, he was down in a hole in the ground where he had scavenged up a little bit of grain so that he could make himself a meal. He was hiding in a hole, hungry. And it's right there where an angel of God showed up and told him this. He said, God is with you, mighty warrior. Right. I'm sure Gideon was in his hole trying to eat his food, and he was probably looking and saying, you talking to me? Dude, I am in a hole right now and hungry. What do you mean I am a mighty warrior? And then they continue to have this back and forth conversation. But Gideon, he's not buying it. He is not listening. He is not buying it. And the angel keeps telling him that the Lord is with him. So go. But does Gideon go? No. He digs in even more. And he brings up his status in the community. He brings up his status. And the passage tells us that he belongs to the weakest clan of Israel. Okay? And, and then that he is the weakest of them all. See, he is the least in his family. He is the least. And I'm telling you, that is not very impressive. Those are not good credentials. But he's been called a warrior. And he says, go, God is with you. Then this account veers into a number of other situations where Gideon actually starts testing God. And he says, if this is true, then do this. And these were some impossible things, but guess what? God did it. So even though Gideon is uncertain and fearful, he decides to take a first step. One step. 
He puts a call out to the people of Israel and says, come join me to do battle with the enemy. And you know what? 32,000 men showed up, right? That sounds impressive, but it's not. You got to understand, remember all those ites? They were up against a vast army of nations, nations, not just one nation. They were completely outnumbered. And you know what? From the beginning, it really looks like a lost cause. It's not going to happen, except for one main thing. God had said he would fight for them, right? And you know God's unbeatable. He's going to fight for them. So now that the men are assembled, all 32,000 of them, God says again, he says, hey, you know what? I've been thinking. You've got too many guys here. You've got too many guys. And I'm sure Gideon's like, what? I have too many guys? Look at them. We're not even going to put a dent into that army. And so he says, tell the men that if any of them are fearful or worried about the outcome, that they would be free to go home. Okay? Now, I know Gideon was looking around and thinking after he said, he's like, no, you better not move. You better not move. You're not going to leave me out here by myself. But he did it. And you know how many left? 22,000 men left. He was left with 10,000 men. Now, if the odds were overwhelming before, guess what? They just got three times worse. And you know how God explains all this to Gideon? He says, if you fight with all those men, even though the odds are overwhelmingly against you, when I bring victory, some of you are going to say, whoa, yo, we did that. We're awesome. Look what we did. And God said, no. I want you to unmistakably know that this was a victory that I gave to you. I want you to know that this is nothing that you did. I gave this to you. So you know what he did to prove that a little bit more? He says, well, you know what? Oh, by the way, you still got too many guys. You got too many. Same reason. You'll think you did this for yourselves, and I want you to see me and my strength and my protection over you. I want you to see it. So he doesn't want any question about who is winning this. So God has Gideon take the men down to the stream and tells them and gives them a drink test. Right? And he says, if they put their face right in the water, Gideon will send them home. Now imagine the matter face in the water. Okay? But if they cup the water and drank that way, they were to stay. So they're cupping it and now they're boom. And when all this was said and done, there were 300 men left out of the 32,000. 300 men. Just to put this in perspective, the odds are now 100 times worse than when they started. It's impossible, right? 100 times worse from when they started. But God said, you know what he said? He said, it's just right. It's perfect. This is what I'm going to use. It's perfect. Now, I'm sure these last 300 men were thinking, man, I should have put my face in the water. <laughs> I should have just put my face in the water because I wasn't scared then. But man, now I'm really scared, right? I would have been scared too. Maybe they were thinking they'd get some special God weapons or something. I don't know. But you know what they got? They got a trumpet, a clay pot, and a torch. Those were their battle weapons, okay? 
And the battle plan was this, that 300 men circle the enemy camp at night. They've got a trumpet in one hand and a torch inside a pot in the other. And at a signal, they break the clay pots, the torches flare up, and they blow their trumpets. That's the battle plan. Now, I'm not no military strategist, okay? I'm not. But something like this tells me that this is a great way to tell the enemy exactly where I'm at. Right? Let them know exactly where I'm at. I mean, it's nighttime, so I'll blow a horn and then hold up a torch so you know where to come get me. That was the plan. But instead, Gideon and his band, they watched the enemy turn on each other, and they actually defeated themselves. And all they had to do was stand back and watch it happen. 300 men. That's miraculous. Now, how does this affect me in 2022? I don't face hordes of warriors coming to do battle with me. Do you? But I'll bet there's battles in your life. Some that you may be dealing with every day. Maybe even impossible situations. And you're wondering what to do. And is God even there? I mean, can he really bring his presence, protection, and victory to me today? Can he? Just write this down for point number one. God sees something in me that I can't even see. God sees something in me that I can't even see. See, here's the deal. God saw something in Gideon that Gideon couldn't see in himself. And the same is true for you and for me. The same is true. And God looks into your life. When he looks into your life, he sees more in you than you can see in yourself. You got to know that the Lord is with you, that God is for you. And if God is for you, then who can be against you, right? That is the hope that we have. See, God called Gideon something that he didn't feel at all in himself. He called him a mighty warrior. And I believe he's calling you a mighty warrior because he created you for a divine purpose that would bring him glory in everything you do. Everything, the good and the not so good, he will bring, he will get glory as a result of it. But see, here's the thing. See, as soon as God starts stirring that up in us so that we can start seeing that God created us for a divine purpose, almost every single time, and this is true for me too, our insecurities rise up. All of the reasons why you're not the right person will start rising up. And in this passage right here, we see two very distinct insecurities in Gideon that rise up to the top. The first one is this. I'm afraid God won't be faithful. Gideon was afraid that God's word wasn't going to be true. In verse 13, Gideon says back to the angel, he says, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. If God is with us, why is all this going on? Have you ever felt like that? Why is it all going on? But see, here's the truth. See, God, he was already at work in all of this. He was already doing his work. But see, Gideon's question 
it really reveals something deep down. It really does. See, wondering about the character and the faithfulness of God, right? Which so many of us, if we're really being honest, we do the same thing. We worry. Is, can we trust him? Is he real? We don't mean to do it. I'm not saying we do it out of spite, but that's just how we are. Gideon, like so many of us, began to question the faithfulness of God. Here's a second insecurity that he wrestled with. It's this, that I'm afraid I'm not good enough. Judges 6.15 says this, But Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. Gideon was basically saying, if you line up the whole nation, I'm in the least tribe, and my clan is the weakest, and I am the least in my family. He's saying, yo, I am at the bottom of the nation. What are you doing looking at me? Do you ever feel like that? When you're saying, God, you picked the wrong person. In case you didn't notice, God, I'm scared, and I'm insecure, and I don't feel like I'm good enough. These are things that we all wrestle with. Maybe you sense God inviting you to do something, and all of a sudden, you present, you present your reasons as to why you're the wrong person. You start doing an inventory as to all the things that you're not good at. Why is that? Some of us are like, God, what you don't understand is that spiritually, I'm kind of inconsistent, and I don't know that much about the Bible. And my prayer life is not that good, and I don't have great leadership skills, and don't put me in front of people because I'll freeze every time. I wasn't the top of my class, and I wasn't voted most likely to do anything. I'm just not the best candidate for you. I'm not good enough. We, we flood ourselves with all of that nonsense. It's not true. See, here's the reality. Here's the trueness of this. And hear this all the way through. Guys, I'm not good enough. I'm not. And neither is anyone else. But in Jesus Christ, everything changes. Everything changes. In Christ, he is enough. Putting my faith, trust, and belief in him changes everything. In Christ, I am a son of the Most High. I am forgiven, washed clean, and set free. In Christ, I'm part of a royal priesthood, the family of God. In Christ, I am a new creation, the salt of the earth and a light of the world. In Christ, I am his workmanship, and I am chosen by him. See, everything changes in Christ, and that all goes for you, for every one of us, because we have been chosen by him. Everything changes in Christ. So ask yourself this this morning. What has fear kept you from doing that God is inviting you into? What has fear kept you from what God is inviting you into? That's the question of the day. 2 Timothy says this, verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. If you don't have this highlighted in your Bibles, highlight this one. Because in our culture right now, everything is ran by fear. But this tells us right now that God has not given us the spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. 
God looks at you today and says, I'm with you. And there is a mighty warrior inside of you, and I want you to go. That is what he's telling us this morning. And when you hesitate, and when you hesitate to when God is saying that, what you're doing is you're saying, but God, are you sure? Can I trust you? And we don't want to be like that. That's not it. So I pray today that when your fear comes face to face with your faith, that your faith will conquer the fear that is in you. That is my prayer today. See, God loves to take unlikely, unsure, insecure, and fearful people to do the impossible. That's how he rolls. That's what he does. See, point number two is this. God's strength through my weakness is exactly enough. God's strength through my weakness is exactly enough. Judges 6.14 says, Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. Church, if God is inviting you, I'm here to tell you that he is going to give you the resources that you need. Right? If his name is on the line, don't you think he's going to deliver? It's all through the Bible. It's a promise. It's there. He says, go, Gideon, I've called you, I've told you, you're the one I chose. I see it in you, you are a mighty warrior, go. And if I'm being honest with you today, I know this feeling of hesitancy. See, I'm relatively new to this pastor thing, and many of you that have been with me through the years have seen this progression of growth. But I tell you, every time I set foot up here, I'm nervous. And I feel like I'm not good enough. And I wonder if God's going to come through. I'm just being honest with you. (laughs) You know? But see, here's the deal. And you don't need to send a text or an email to me or anything. Okay? (laughs) But I'm not good enough. And I don't have anything to say that's life-changing. That's why God takes my feeble attempts at words And he takes my words, and he does what only he can do with them. And by the time they get to you, they're not my words anymore. The Holy Spirit takes my attempts, and he personalizes them for you. That's how the Holy Spirit rolls. That's it. Where are you weak right now? I'm telling you, it's a great place for God to show up and do what only he can do. Where are you weak right now? Think about that. Judges 6.16 says this, The Lord said to him, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. If you believe that God is with you, the deal is done. It's, It's done. I don't have to let fear be my companion and my guide anymore. I don't have to let that affect my every day. He is my provider. He is my deliverer, my redeemer, my defender, my strength, my source. He is my righteousness. Yo, I'm with God and he's with me and that changes everything. And that is what we need to be saying for ourselves because he's with us all in that same way. And that's the beauty of it. See, his strength through my weakness is exactly enough. Exactly enough. Write this for point three. God often draws me back to move forward. 
The Lord said to Gideon in Judges 7-2, he says, You have too many warriors with you. If I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they saved themselves with their own strength. Some of you are going through this right now. And you're thinking, God, I just want you to take me forward. God, I need my marriage to move forward. It seems like it's going backward. God, things are getting worse. My finances, my relationships, my kids, my school, my career. I just want to move forward. But sometimes with God, the way forward is backward. Have you ever shot a slingshot before? Who shot a slingshot before? Right? What do you got to do before you shoot it? It has to get pulled back, right, to get that power. And then what do you do? And it shoots. It has to get back before it can go forward. Maybe for you, God is bringing you back to a place where you rely on him and only him. Not your strength, not your smarts, not your drive and power, but completely his. Judges 7, 7 says, The Lord told Gideon, With these 300 men, I will rescue you and give you victory over the Midianites. Send all the others home. It seems backwards. I know. We want to power up and control and figure it all out. And God has drawn us back to him to be with him and to trust him. These 300 men stood and they watched God do the miraculous. The impossible becomes possible in ways they never could have imagined. And they looked on and said, that was all God. There is no other way that that could have happened. It's all God. See, God sees something in you that no one else sees. He does. He is with you, and he is inviting you to trust him in those areas where you so want to control and manage and figure out. you got to remember, in your weakness, his strength and his power shines. And that's for us. We don't have to be ashamed or feel less than because we're feeling weak. What we need to do is invite God into that weakness so that he can just do what only he can do in the situation. Because he wants us to live in this place of peace, of knowing that he's got you right where you're at. Even if you feel like you're hiding in a little spider hole, scared of everything that's going on, he sees you and he knows right where you're at. Pray with me. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity to spend with my family, God. God, I thank you for the ability to speak your truth and your hope out loud, God. So, Lord, help us to engage, Lord, with you when you invite us in, despite our own feelings of not being good enough. And remind us that it's in that feeling where we're not good enough, where in our weakness, that you show how strong you are, where you can make the impossible possible, God. So, Lord, be with us. Lord, help us to meditate on this today and the days to come, Lord. Lord, help us to read this passage over and over again to see how you show up, Lord, and how you can show up in our lives today. So, Lord, we thank you and we love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. 
Okay, so hey, I uh, cut this message just a little bit down a little bit because I have a little video we're going to show you guys, okay? So it's about a 10-minute video, so just kind of hang out and watch it, and then we'll wrap it up with that, okay? All right. Well, let's, let's keep continually praying for Dave and Gina along with the elder board as they navigate kind of through uh, this transition over the next couple of years, okay? And like Dave said, this is going to be a slow process as Dave has led and served new life for 30 years. So we all want to make sure that we're following God's lead every step of the way. Also, to reiterate what Dave said in the beginning of the video, this does not change what's happening here in Patterson. Pastor Jeremy is our leader and will continue to teach and lead his family, as well as myself and Miss Anna. Patterson is our home and our community, and we won't feel much of a difference at all during this transition. Basically, New Life will be praying and searching for our next Pastor Dave to take us into the future seasons and chapters of our church, okay? So when you think of it, Add this to your prayer list and be praying for them. If you have any questions, any concerns or anything, come find me. Come talk to Miss Anna. We have, I think Courtney's here from our campus as well to come talk to us as well. And we'll try to answer the questions to the best of our ability. And just know we've always had this open door, transparent, open window kind of policy around here that we want us to all be in the loop with everything that's happening as much as we can. I'll tell you right now, Pastor Jeremy cannot wait to be back with us in just two more weeks. So be praying for him as he's slowly transitioning into this role again. And I know he's going to be a little rusty, so be praying for him, okay? <laughs> and that's all I got. Thank you so much for taking time right now to be with us, to hear this important information. And I pray that I see you guys next week. I love you all. Have a good week.